lot of times when stuff just happens, if you're with the right person in the right mentality, you end up on top of the world. And now for From Plagues to Success. Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the word. And as you know, I've finished with my last message, the longest series that I had ever preached in over 25 years of ministry called The Plagues of Egypt. It was a 19-message series, and I understand now why God had led me into preaching that series, because we're dealing with more plagues now than we have ever seen in our lifetime. I'm not saying it's more plagues now than it's ever been on the earth, but there are more plagues than we've seen. And we're still in the midst of it, but yet God has given me another series, and today really is just the story, the introduction of that series to where we're getting ready to go. First of all, even though we're in the midst of this plague I feel real good about the future. I really, really do. Now, I think there's going to be some rough stuff that's coming, but I feel good about it. I think that we shall be protected. We're going to be brought through this thing. And I think we're going to be brought through it better than ever. Because I've seen what has happened even in the midst of just this first plague. We're doing better than ever. I mean, it's just some stuff that has just happened. It just put us in a really, really good position and condition And, you know, a lot of times when stuff just happens, if you're with the right person in the right mentality, you end up on top of the world. See, the flood was rough, but Noah was in good shape. So those in the ark were in good shape. So not only were they in good shape, they were in better shape than they were before the flood because you can appreciate some stuff better. See, if you're on a boat looking out and everybody else on drowned, and you on a boat, it allows you to appreciate you being able to take a breath of good, clean air when other folk can't breathe. And to be able to take a good, deep breath right now, oh, boy, that makes a difference. See, I just got back from out of town, and the air in Atlanta was just so pure and clean compared to where I was. And I drove this church this morning with my top down on my convertible, and the air was just so sweet. Just Some of y'all don't just appreciate the air you can breathe. And you don't appreciate it until you've been somewhere where the air wasn't quite as sweet. And then when you get back to some sweet air, then you understand and you can appreciate. you got to learn how to just appreciate where you are, what you've been given, and to understand some things about this. So the next series, let me just, let me tell you the story of how this came to be. Now, I've made some changes in my life. As you all know, I've told you what has been prophetically revealed to me, that I'm going to live to 116 years old, or at least I have the potential for that, as long as I do what God has told me to do. And at the beginning of this year, he had told me, don't even be in Atlanta. So I was on this island in the Bahamas called Eleuthera, and that's where I brought in the new year. But since then, I've made changes to my life, even to my work schedule. I have a four-day work week now. I still work 40 hours a week, but I work four 10-hour days, basically, and I work five days one week and three days the next week. So I've modified things, and I've modified things to where I can keep doing this as long as I'm on this earth. I don't ever plan to retire. I don't ever plan to semi-retire. 
as the prophetic word came, you shall live fully and vibrantly until the last 10 seconds. Well, fully and vibrantly is not retired and it's not semi-retired. I'm going to live fully and vibrantly. Now, you can be retired, but you need to be doing something fully. Fully and vibrantly ain't just laying on the couch all day long. That's doing some stuff. That's doing God's will. That's moving towards your destiny of where God has led you to be. So a couple of changes I made. I made changes in my week-by-week schedule. And I made a change that I said every July, I'm going to be somewhere else every July. So this was the first July that I've done that. And on July 1st, I got in my car and I drove to New Orleans, Louisiana. And I'd ask God, Lord, where do you want me to go? So I was in New Orleans for the first three weeks. The last week, I'm here back for Sunday, but we're leaving tomorrow for our trip that our company goes on every year. So for the whole month of July, I just won't be in Atlanta. I'm here today and I'll be gone tomorrow. So, but my daddy did that. That's why parents, what you do influences your children so much. Every February, my daddy spent in Jamaica. And my father did this for as long as we could remember. He only missed his rest. My father, he's kind of similar. We're type A personalities. We're driving. We do a whole lot of stuff. Every year he took off. He went to Jamaica. He relaxed. He recharged. He took off every year and went to Jamaica except for one year. That's the only year I ever remember in all of the years I knew my father that he did not go and take his rest. And that was the year he died. He decided he wasn't going that year. He didn't take his rest. And he did not make it through that year. He took every month of February off and went away. So I said, I'm going to do what my daddy did. I'm going to make sure I don't miss my month. So I was in New Orleans. And when I got to New Orleans, as I walked into the house, I had rented a house on Airbnb. When I arrived at the house, as I walked through the yard, had a little gate. I opened the gate, locked the gate, walked in. As I was walking through the yard going to the house, I got bit by a mosquito. Now, you all know when I did the sermon called The Pastor Struggles Part 2, this is about when I was in the Bahamas and what happened as the new year rolled in. The first thing that happened to me almost immediately as midnight hit, I got bit by a mosquito. When I walked into this yard going to the house, I got bit by a mosquito. I walked into the house, went in, sat down on the couch, and as I was sitting there, I got bit several more times by mosquitoes. I wonder why all these mosquitoes biting me. So anyway, as I'm sitting there on the couch, I hear God speak the simple word, count the number of bites. So I had on a short sleeve shirt, so all of the bites were on my arm because that was the exposed area. See, generally the enemy can only attack you in your exposed area. Stuff you got covered, they can't bother you. Some of y'all got some stuff right now that's exposed. So your exposed areas are your areas of vulnerability. So God says, count the number of bites. And I counted the number of bites by the bumps. So I felt my arm on the left. I had five bumps on the left arm and I had two bumps on the right arm. So I had seven bites and I didn't think of anything of it. Later on, I went to bed. I got up that morning. My alarm goes off at 4.55 for me to get up and get into my prayer. And as I went into prayer, I asked God, I said, why you had me count the bites? What in the world was the significance of that? And this is what God says. He said, the seven bites are seven years. It reminded me of 
Pharaoh, when Pharaoh had his dream and Joseph went to interpret it, and it had the skinny and the fat cows. And Joseph said, the seven fat cows are seven years, and seven years of plenty, and the seven skinny cows are seven years, and there's seven years of famine. And here was the story of Joseph and how he went through and got Egypt all prepared to be able to handle. See, the problem was not the famine. The problem was the people didn't know the famine was coming. Once they had the knowledge that the famine was coming and Pharaoh had this knowledge, Pharaoh had the knowledge the people didn't. So Pharaoh stored up all of this grain. And when the seven years of famine came, the people were hungry. They sold everything, including themselves, to Pharaoh. So the famine didn't bother Pharaoh at all. As a matter of fact, Pharaoh came out of the famine in better shape than he had ever been. Because he had a divine word of what was coming. So God says the seven bites are seven years. And then he said at the end of the seven years shall come the promise. So I I began to process and deal with all that. And and after I finished my morning prayer, about 545, I checked my email because Pastor James really started this with me he said the first thing he does in the morning is his prayer and he doesn't do anything else until he first gives God his time because sometimes I would check my email before I went into my prayer so now I don't check any email until after I prioritize my first time the only thing I may do before giving God the time to go to the bathroom because sometimes when you wake up you got to go to the bathroom can't hold up on that so immediately after I finished my prayer I checked my email, and in my email, I had a comment or an email question from a Mountain Wings subscriber. And it was interesting, and the thing about it, the email was from a Mountain Wings subscriber. The email was sent at 6.17 a.m. on July 2nd, but it was 6.17 a.m. Eastern Time. That's what time the Mountain Wings server is on, so it was... 617 Eastern Time, which was actually 517 New Orleans Time because New Orleans is an hour earlier than Atlanta. So it meant the subscriber sent the email right when I was in the middle of the prayer. Now, the email says this. A.V., if you would, put up the first picture. This is the email. I want you to see some things about this email. First of all, if you look up there in the upper left corner, you'll see that it's the contact number. With Mountain Wings, we use a form service, and we put this service in several years ago. But each time someone sends a comment in from Mountain Wings, it increments the number. You all see what number that is? Number 777. And God spoke to me this about them. He said, each byte represents a year. So seven bytes represent seven years. He said, one of those There's a meaning for the nation, there's a meaning for you personally, and there's one third meaning that yet shall be revealed. So there was the number of the email that came in was 777. The person who sent it, that's the zip code right in the middle. It's actually from Iowa, and Iowa is almost in the middle of the country. So the person who sent it was not from Georgia. They were from Iowa, and up at the top right shows you the time at which they sent it. Now, I blocked out his email address or her. I don't know whether it was a lady or man because the person who sent it in was named Dale. And Dale could be a 
male or female. My brother is named Bishop Dale, but I remember Roy Rogers' wife, his wife was named Dale. So some of you the young people don't know who Roy Rogers was, but all of the people around, you all know who Roy Rogers was. Well, his wife was named Dale Evans. So I don't know whether it's male or female, but I know they sent in this message. Now, the question that they asked, put up slide number two. This is the question that they asked. They said, I was trying to search for a past power minute that Nathaniel Bronner did on success forces. Twelve individual messages on the subject. I could not find them. I was wondering if you could send me a link to them. Thank you very much. So that was the email that came in right as I was in the middle of that prayer where God said the seven bites were seven years and it was email number 777. So sometimes God will just reconfirm some stuff over and over and over and over. And I emailed them back, told them all they had to do was go to brothersoftheword.com, click sermon search, and just put in the search box, success forces, and it would bring up those sermons and those series. But before I emailed them, I went just to check it to make sure everything was there and everything was working. So when I went to brothersoftheword.com and clicked sermon search and put in success forces, what I saw, I had preached 16 messages on success forces. And I had not realized it before that, but prior to the plagues of Egypt, success forces was the longest series. And I said, wow. And then I heard God speak, study success forces. I want you to preach your next series on success forces, but they will be a different set of success forces. There will be eight additional success forces totaling 24 total, making success forces the longest series that you have ever preached or will ever preach. So we're going from plagues to success. And God has a purpose. He has a plan for all of the stuff. So we're going from plagues to success. I don't know about you, but I'd rather have the success than the plagues. And we have to get our minds geared. So God told me to study success forces. Now, while I was in New Orleans, my youngest son, George, we talk now just about every day. Because George is going through a whole different level of spiritual experiences. He started, I told George a good while back, I said, George, God spoke to me and he told me some things about you. And one of the things he says is you're going to have this power and deals with angels. And, and George started to have, he said, Daddy, an angel appeared to me yesterday. And it began with that. So I asked George, I said, George, why don't you come down here and stay with me for a week? He said, okay. I didn't know it at the time, but James's show team was also coming to New Orleans. See, when God tells you to go somewhere, everything's always orchestrated. So his show team was coming to New Orleans, so George just hopped in the car with them. And last Sunday, he rode down with James's show team to New Orleans, and I picked George up, and George stayed with me. But George had told me prior to that, he said, Daddy, he said, I wanted to do a fast. And he said, I was going to do this fast. He said, but I had a dream. And he said, in the dream, you came to me in the dream, and I asked you about the fast, and you said, I wouldn't recommend that right now. 
So when George told me that, I said, well, George, you were going to do the fast and you were going to do the fast at home. And I may have told you I wouldn't recommend that right now because you need to do the fast when you come here and stay with me. So I asked George, I said, how long you want to fast? I thought George was going to say 24 hours. He said, I want to do three days. Now, George has never fasted before, and he's 15 years old. He said, I want to do three days. I know how adults be with three days. So I'm saying to myself, I said this to myself. See, you don't need to ever crush anyone else's vision because your mind not up to par with that. See, now, just because I knew that 15 was rather young, I knew most adults have difficulty with this, especially the first time they do it. I was seeing in my mind, I don't know whether you're going to make three days. I just don't know about that. But I didn't say a word. I said, so you want to do three days? He said, yes, I want to do three days. I looked at my Jewish calendar, and I said, George, the new month begins on Wednesday, it begins, or you're coming on Sunday, the new month will begin on that Tuesday evening. I said, it's always best to begin in God's timing. I said, so we'll begin the fast on that Tuesday evening. So we fasted from Tuesday evening at 6 p.m. to Friday evening at 6 p.m. with nothing but water. And when George got to the end of the fast, he said, I'm not even hungry. He was in no hurry to eat whatsoever. So it shocked me. And we went to work out every day. It shocked me that he made it through, but he just saw it. He said, Daddy, every time I go on the Internet, if I go on Instagram, he said, I'm seeing all these food ads. He said, it's never happened before. I said, son, you're understanding some things. Whenever you set out on a divine course, there will always be opposition that will come to try to knock you off the course. And there were several things that tried to knock him off the course. And God spoke to me and he said, look, don't you tell him one way or another. If he wants to stop, let him stop. He wants to continue on. You stay right in there with him. So I didn't tell him to quit. I didn't tell him to finish. He wrestled with each one of the trials himself. He said, I'm seeing all these food ads, but I know that's a trick of the enemy trying to get me to eat. I'm going to finish this thing. So he finished it all. So it's an interesting thing of what we're getting ready to go through, the directions that we're getting ready to go. And I think what God is going to bring to us, I think we're going to have a serious seven years. Because I think the plague that we're dealing with, in particular the virus, is getting ready to go nowhere. It's more than likely, by all scientific prediction, going to get worse. But I think we're going to be protected. See, when you read Psalms 91 and you you read the part where it says, A thousand fell at my left and ten thousand at my right, but it came not near me. When you read that, it's one thing to read it. It's another to live it. It's another to believe it. So when you watch the news, for those of you who do watch the news, and you see all of this stuff. Now, I want you to understand what Jesus said. Jesus says wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes and diverse things, earthquakes and divers in different places. And he says famine and pestilences will come. Pestilence is nothing but disease. So Jesus told you this stuff was coming. He told you this stuff was coming, but he said, don't worry about that. So if you are a follower of Christ and you see there's nothing but pestilence, Jesus told you. See, you ought to be thankful. At least I'm full. I'm not dealing with the famine because it's one thing to be hungry and sick. So at least 
You got plenty of food. Now, there may be some instances where you got to wear a mask going into the restaurant. You may not be able to sit down and eat at some of the restaurants, but at least you can get your food. So you can at least be appreciative of that which you do have, that which is available to you. And understand, Jesus told you up front this stuff is coming. That pestilences will come, and when you see all of this stuff, don't worry. So I believe God has revealed we got seven years of some stuff. And by the time this virus ends, it's going to be enough. Sometimes you'll have a seven-year tribulation. But he said the promise will come at the end of those seven years. Now, this is one of the keys. Sometimes we put our lives on pause waiting on something. I don't wait on anything. Now, God says it has a meaning for the nation. It has a meaning for me personally. And there's one more unrevealed meaning. I'm not waiting on what's going to be promised or given to me at the end of those seven years i'll be 71 or 72 years old i still plan on being in real good shape still gonna be living fully and vibrantly but i'm gonna live fully and vibrantly through those seven years abraham for example is known as the abrahamic covenant or the abrahamic promise is perhaps the biggest promise known and how long he had to wait on the promised child but look don't you spend your time waiting before joy hits you, some of y'all wait and say, ooh, I just can't wait. I remember when I was in school, people, I can't wait till I get out of school. I enjoyed my time in school. Then some of you say, I can't wait till the weekend. And in the weekend, you need to enjoy your time seven days a week. So I'm not waiting on the end of the seven years, but I believe that will be fulfillment of promise at the end. Of what promise? I don't know. God done promised me a whole bunch of stuff. I got a whole list of promises, and some of you do too. You have a whole list of promises that God has promised you. I want us to be prepared where we are not worried and we're not concerned about what happens on our left hand or our right hand. There are going to be some people you know just going to have some real serious issues. And there's going to be some people you know who will not make it. They will not make it through this thing. But you got to remember your promise. You got to remember the God who is with you. You cannot control other stuff and you cannot control everybody else. What you can control is you. So we're getting ready to go into the longest series. Well, actually, it's only going to be eight, but it's attached to the longest series. Now, he told me to study success forces. So I went back. George and I, during those three days, we would listen to two or three of the success forces sermon. And then as we drove back yesterday, We listen to the rest of them. So we listen to all of those success forces sermons. Now, I'm not telling you to go listen to them because one thing I've learned about success, wheelbarrow folk never get true success. What do you mean wheelbarrow folk? Wheelbarrow folk, my daddy came up with this term. He had some of the craziest terms, but they make a whole lot of sense. And I understand what he's talking about. He said, some people are like wheelbarrows. They only go as far as you push them. So to get success, you have to be what's called self-motivated. So I'm not going to tell you to go and listen to the first 16 of success forces. If you truly want success, like Les Brown said, you got to be hungry. Now, when I listened to the series, the series was really, really good. I was vibrating at the end of them, and I preached them. It was some stuff I had remembered. It had me all, every time I listened to each one, See, right now, if you go on Netflix or Amazon and you watch a series, you have a tendency to binge. 
And now they've got it to the point where you don't even have the intro. It just goes from one episode right to the next episode. And this is actually what George and I were doing on Success Forces. We were literally binging because when we got to the end of one, that one was so good, we went right into the other one. And on the way back, we listened to one right after another, and it left us vibrating with power. So God now has moved us from plagues to success. But in order to get success, you must be self-motivated. Now, the beauty of it, it's all on brothersoftheword.com. All you have to do, go there just like I told Dale. Go there, type in success forces. It'll bring up all 16 of those messages. They're absolutely free. Now, if I was telling you, well, we've got this package for success forces. All 16 is only going to cost you $150. You get one free. If I were telling you that, folk be fussing about it. It's not going to cost you one penny. All you have to do is go there and listen if you choose. You don't have to. But it's what makes a success is they're self-motivated. You don't have to tell them everything. You don't have to push them in every step. They do it on their own. And I looked back and I listened to success forces and I was noticing how optimistic I was sounding about the future then. I really was. I've always been like that because I always see a bright future. Even as I was in the middle of the fast, I told George, I said, I closed my eyes and all this, this big light just was in front of me, almost like the sun. I think we got a future that's so bright it's unreal. I really do. And the way I felt it when I was preaching success forces, this stuff has been great. It has turned out beautiful. And we're going from level to level to level to level. I want to take you with me. I believe we're just headed for something what God has great for us. Now, sometimes you got to understand he spoke this to me with mosquito bites. It looked like sometimes I said, Lord, you could just do stuff a little bit easier and more pleasant than that. But sometimes the message has to come through you through something that causes an irritation or a pain because we don't get the message when he speaks it clearly sometimes. So sometimes he has to send it to us through a pain or an irritation. And oftentimes maybe he has told us we just haven't listened. So he starts to crank up the volume. So I got these mosquito bites And this was the way God spoke to me about the seven years because my guess is those seven years are going to be irritating to some. And they're going to have some real problems. A mosquito is perhaps the number one disease carrier on the planet. But I didn't get sick. And if you're walking with God, I don't believe you're going to get sick either. Well, pastor, does that mean if I walk with God, I'll never get sick? No, I don't mean that. It doesn't mean that at all, because sometimes stuff just happens. God has only made me the promise that I won't get sick. As long as I work out six days a week, work out six days a week, you'll never be sick. So he didn't say I would never get sick. He said if you work out six days a week, you'll never get sick. Matter of fact, I missed my workout yesterday, so I'm in some real danger by last week. So, so people, I've just got a feel about what's coming. Just like I had a feel when I preached success forces about what's coming. And it materialized. I hadn't been sick a day. Business just went through the roof. Everybody's doing great. Everybody's around us. So it's been phenomenal. And I think what God is telling you, yes, there are going to be some tribulations, some trials on this nation for the next seven years. But it doesn't have to come nigh you. Doesn't have to come to your household. Doesn't have to come to your body. You're going to be a part of those who even 
excels in this period of time because there will be that group. There'll be a group that excels. While I was there, I, I had a person whose company I've invested in give me a call and they called me for advice and, and they were just telling me, I said, Mr. Bronner, the stock you have in my company, I've got people now who want to buy it if you're willing to sell it. And they said, for every $1,000 that you invested in my company, they will pay you 85000 I said, I don't want to sell it because I think you're going way bigger than where you are right now. I said, I'm not selling it. Investments are doing better than ever in the midst of all of this time. So, people, I think that if you can grab a hold to some of the principles of success forces, because the thing I began with in almost every message, there are success forces and there are failure forces. And you got to decide which force am I going to allow in my life? Which force am I going to allow in my life? Do I want success forces or do I want failure forces? And it's not just these seven years. But it's sometimes it can take seven years to bring some things to fruition. This is a lifetime principle. The principles behind success forces will take you through for your entire rest of your life. And I've got 52 years and 123 days left from right now. I keep track of it so I can know what to do and so I can recognize and see the road ahead. And you all got a lot of time left. And the question you have to ask yourself is this. What am I going to do with my time left? What am I going to do with it? Am I going to be successful? And by success, I'm not talking about money. It's a part of it, but by no means is it the major part of it. But what am I going to do with the rest of my life? Success forces will help you figure out and then travel the path to success for the rest of your life. Your birthday actually or how old you are really tracks the past. That's why God told me when he given me this 116, I want you to put an app on your phone that counts down the days that you have left. Because I don't want you thinking like most folk. Most folk, when you ask them how old they are, they'll tell you, I'm, I'm 64 years old. God says, that's not what I want you to think about because that, that deals with the past. Nothing you can do about that. I want you to think about the 52 years and 123 days you got left. It changes focus. And some of you all are saying, well, Pastor, I don't know how long I got left. Search the Internet for lifespan calculator and you'll find a lifespan calculator. And what it will do is this. When you go there, you put in how old you are. And once you put in how old you are, it's going to start asking you these questions. Do you smoke? How often do you exercise? Is your blood pressure normal? Is your weight? It's going to ask you all these questions. And depending upon your answer to the question, you'll be able to see your lifespan go up or down. Right now, if you were 50 years old and you put it in, it may calculate you've got an average of 35 years left. If you put in there, you smoke, it's going to drop that from 35 down to 25. So it, it dynamically adjusts. Now, understand this. This is just a statistical average. It has nothing to do with you. Because when I put mine in, it had me down at 95. I said, that cut me 21 years short. It's not applying to me. So this is just a statistical average, but it will let you know some of the natural factors that affect lifespan. 
Go to coachb.tv forward slash lifespan. There you will find a calculator. It takes you about 60 seconds to fill in everything, and then you will be given your life span in years that you're medically expected to live. Now, it may not be, of course, accurate for you, but this is a medically accurate general statistic on how many days you have left. Go to coachb.tv forward slash lifespan, fill it in, and find out how many good days you've got left on God's earth. I got 52 years, 123 days to go. And that's what I focus on, and it changes mentality. So I begin to figure out what do I have to do. And the person that I was mentoring, that I talked with last week, and I was telling us, well, I'm in New Orleans right now. I've decided I'll take a month away. He says, I'm reading a book, and the book is telling me to do everything you're saying. You, have you read it? I said, no, I ain't read that book. Truths are just universal. She said, you're telling me to do, you're doing everything the book is telling me to do. People, I want you to have a long, prosperous life, and I want you successful. So right now, I want you to just raise your hand if you're ready to move from plague to success. Amen. Bow your heads. Keep your hand up as I pray for you. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you just for the heads up to be wary and to be knowledgeable of the seven. Father, I truly believe that these next seven years shall be full for us. We shall be protected, dear Father, and you will not put on us any more than we can bear. And even that that you shall place on us shall do nothing but strengthen us in you. Father, as we prepare to move from plague to success, I pray that we, number one, keep you number one. That we begin to do and to think not for the purpose of material gain, for what we can get in the spirit, what we can do with our heavenly treasure, what we can do for our fellow man and woman. Father, I just pray right now that you walk with us as you always have, that you be with us, dear Father. Continue to lead and guide us as we move from the plagues of Egypt to success forces. In thy son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Welcome to success. My son Josie's borrowed my car to go to Florida. He said, Daddy, I want to drive a convertible. And you got a convertible, and you're going to be driving your other car to New Orleans. He said, can I use your car to go to Florida? So I said, yeah, you can go. So when I got back, I got back in my Miata this morning. It was pristine. It was glossy. The inside was just clean. The mats were so clean and waxed, I was almost slipping getting in the car. And he had gotten my car detailed. And the detailer put some of his business cards in the car. So they were right there in the center console. Now, Josie's knew nothing about any of this. I want you to listen to the name of the detailer. The name of the detailer is this, 7T7 Auto Detailing. The number 7, the letter T, the number 7, streetdetailing.com so it's 7t7street.com that was what was in my car this morning so God confirmed some things over and over and over again we're going to success amen 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 I'm going to ask Pastor James to come and close us out for today we got plenty of time amen Amen. We thank Pastor for that awesome message. How many of y'all are ready to move from plagues to success? Amen. Amen. We're glad to have him back. So he's been out for three weeks, and I know his family is glad to have him back home as well, just like his church family. So we 
thank God for keeping him safe, for giving him revelation, even if it took some mosquitoes to do it, to send a message. <laughs> I've read in the Bible where the Lord spoke through a donkey, but that's the first time I've seen him speaking through mosquitoes. <laughs> so God can use whatever he wants to use in your life. And that's a lesson in and all of itself that we have to be aware because he can speak through different things. So you just have to be in tune. Amen. Well, with heads bowed right now, if there's anybody in this place, this season of your life, and you might be going through some things, and you might have even had some plagues going on in your personal world, even before COVID-19. You're just ready to move to success. and You're ready to draw a line in the sand and say no more. And it all starts with making a decision, making a declaration, making sure you're in right standing with God. Many times we want God to bless us, but we don't check our lives to make sure that we're in accord with his will and with what he's told us to do and in right relationship with him. So today, if you just want to Make sure in your own life, in your own heart, that you're in alignment with his will and his purposes. I just want to have us to pray with you. You can come to the altar at this time. Amen. And Minister George, I'm going to ask you while they're coming to come down to do our closing prayer. I know you're just coming off a that three-day fast, so they give you a little time to come down and prepare. Amen, amen, amen. And if you're watching online, you can say this prayer with us as well. Just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, come before you right now as your child I thank you for being my father for loving me for wanting the best for my life and I just pray right now and I ask for your will to be done in my life and I declare with my mouth and I believe in my heart Jesus is Lord and I want to walk with you to the path that you have laid before me and I thank you in advance for success in my relationships for success in my health for success in my spiritual life for success in my finances. I thank you for you are the source of success. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Come on down, Reverend George.
Well, all I can really say is amen. You know, it was an excellent message, and I'm most certainly looking forward to success. In order to really receive this success, you will have to resist temptation. Temptation is all around us, but we must remain strong. So bow your head for a word of prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for allowing everybody in the congregation to be here today. Please bless everybody here tenfold. May they receive blessings that they never knew were coming, blessings beyond their imaginations, blessings that may have come to their thoughts, but they thought were just simply too great. May they manifest in their lives. Everybody that is here and everybody that is listening online, may their faith increase. Oh, may their faith increase. May they bring more people to you. May everybody here bring more Christians to you that your kingdom will flourish with more people than it ever could have. May we all speak the Gospels. May we all praise you. And may everybody here have a wonderful seven years that even with this plague going on, it'll feel like we're still in your kingdom. I hope others pray. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word because, brother, you need the Word. You are listening to brothersoftheword.com. This was the sermon titled, From Plagues to Success, by Nathaniel Bronner. This sermon is number 5884. That's 5884. To listen to thousands of free sermons, or to send this sermon number 5884 to a friend, go to brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you, and you would like to help support this ministry, go to IWantToGive.com. That's IWantToGive.com. Listen to brothersoftheword.com often, because brother, you need the word. From brothers of the word.